The Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, Episode 6. Welcome to the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast. I'm Jim Gaston, your host. In the previous episode, we reviewed two articles in the July issue of the 1959 Saturday Evening Post. One article was written by H. Allen Smith while he was visiting Hawaii and experiencing Polynesian paralysis. In this episode, we're going to review a magazine article from the March 1959 issue of the U.S. News and World Report. But first, let me give you a quick look at the world in 1959, over 60 years ago. Dwight D. Eisenhower was the 34th president of the U.S., and Nikita Khrushchev was the leader of Russia, which was then known as the USSR or the Soviet Union. There were only about 3 billion people on Earth, less than half of today's population. Hawaii was not a state of the U.S. at the time. But later that year, in August 1959, Hawaii would become the 50th state of the Union. The article in the U.S. News & World Report, written in March 1959, was titled, A Look at the Island State. The article focuses only on Honolulu, not the Outer Islands. It notes that there were about 600,000 people living in Hawaii in 1959 and about 300,000 people in the Honolulu area. Today, there are almost 900,000 people, or three times as many people, living in Honolulu. The article estimated that the population in Hawaii would grow to 1 million people in 20 years by 1978. The actual number in 1978 was about 931,000 people, just 7% short of their 1959 estimate. That's not a bad estimate. In 1959, almost 35% of the Hawaiian inhabitants were of Japanese descent, and half of the total Hawaii population were under 24. The article mentions the military base in Pearl Harbor, the pineapple industry, the sugar industry, the textile industry, cattle ranchers, and shipping industries as the major economic factors in 1959. The article notes that jet travel is increasing. Now remember that airlines were still using propeller planes back in the 50s for passenger travel, and a flight from Los Angeles to Honolulu could take over seven hours. And of course, many visitors arrived in Hawaii by boat from the mainland. The tourist industry was already underway in 1959, with more than 183,000 visitors to the islands that year. Today, there are almost that many visitors to the Hawaii Islands each week. The U.S. News & World Report did make two slight errors in the article, at least in my opinion. In the third paragraph, it states, Mainlanders visiting Honolulu will find it as American as Brooklyn or Sacramento. Now, I must confess, I've never been to Honolulu nor Sacramento, but I failed to see how anyone could equate Honolulu with Brooklyn or Sacramento. These cities might all have clean running water, 110-volt electricity, and some of the same fast food and big box stores where you can spend your U.S. dollar, but they're certainly not the same cities. They're different climates, different foods, different vibe. Not that one is better than the others. They're just different. Once again, that's my opinion. The article goes on to state that Polynesian paralysis of a generation ago has disappeared under the impact of World War II and the post-war surge of industrialization and commercial development. So although I disagree with the statement, I agree with how the term Polynesian paralysis is used. The author was most likely a visitor to Hawaii or spoke to someone who had visited Hawaii, 
and was aware of the relaxed lifestyle in the islands and how things often move more slowly than on the mainland. As I noticed in the first episode, if you're the type of person who values efficiency and modern inventions over personal relationships, nature, enjoying life, then Polynesian paralysis may be something you want to avoid or make disappear. But if you recall from the previous episode when we reviewed the book Waikiki Beachnik by H. Allen Smith, which was written only a few months prior to the U.S. News and World Report article, Smith certainly confirms from his personal experience that Polynesian paralysis has not disappeared from Hawaii. Remember that Smith wrote that almost everyone in Honolulu that he met experienced Polynesian paralysis at some time during their visit, or to some extent. And of course, Smith admits that he experienced Polynesian paralysis during his vacation in Hawaii. As you will see from the many other and more recent books and articles that mention Polynesian paralysis in Hawaii, it is safe to say that fortunately, Polynesian paralysis has not disappeared in Hawaii. It is possible to have cities with modern technology and thriving businesses and still have a relaxed lifestyle where people can enjoy life. In Hawaii, it helps to have beautiful beaches, scenic mountains surrounded by the wonderful Pacific Ocean and the cool trade winds. Once again, I remind you that Polynesian paralysis is not a disease or medical condition. It does not involve any drugs or medicine. Polynesian paralysis is totally free and 100% natural. Although usually experienced in Hawaii, Polynesian paralysis can happen to anyone, anywhere, anytime. It can even occur spontaneously, especially to visitors in Hawaii. In the next episode of the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, we review an article from the June 1960 Saturday Review. I hope you can join me for another edition of the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast. You can find more information about Polynesian Paralysis online at our website, rxaloha.com. If you have experienced Polynesian Paralysis, then please send me a message using the online form at rxaloha.com or email me at info at rxaloha.com. Until next time, please take a few minutes each day to be still, relax, appreciate nature, and enjoy life. Enjoy Polynesian Paralysis. Paralysis.